Are you ready, Gits? Aye, aye, Bullsnob. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Bullsnob. Oh! Who rides on a great white squigging big trumpet? Those rogues scrag that. A big boss's trumpet will leave you in awe. Those rogues scrag that. If outrageous or can be something you wish, Mars Rogue Scrag that. Gumbrickle will savage you with a swish. Mars Rogue Scrag that. 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 <laughs> Good evening, good morning, and good night, everybody. Welcome to StatCheck, a slightly delayed episode this week. Uh, apologies for that. We had some technical issues with my mic deciding it didn't want to work and Nathan trying to get an emotional support guy in place. Uh, I am Ince. I am joined by Nathan and Jeremy this week. Anthony is taking a regularly scheduled break from thinking about Warhammer because if he does it for too long, he has an aneurysm. And we don't really want to do that to him right now. So we're going to save him for this Thursday's bonus show rather than burning about this week on the game because frankly we don't always want to listen to uh we don't always want to listen to anthony whining about the game and anthony doesn't always be the one that's being whiny and negative about the game despite the fact that he almost always is so we're giving him a break we're putting him putting him back in his box he came out to tell us about his don't experience and now we're preventing him from critical eldar exposure that's really what's going on right now this is episode 59, Slated for Development. We are here to talk to you about things that aren't the balance data slate because that's on Thursday and we record on Tuesdays. Really sorry about that. We unfortunately are subject to the passage of time like everyone else and can't tell you all the all the juicy things that are happening in it because we don't know them either. What that does mean, and you can mark a count out of this, 12 EST on Thursday or 5 p.m. UK, we will be going live for some form of bonus content about the data slate. It should be out by 5 p.m. That's the end of the working day. And I start work at 7 that day, so I got a couple hours. So we're going to try and squeeze something in right there to talk about our initial balance dates. The hot takes, we have currently promised uh, that at least three of us will be there, potentially up to five or six of us to talk about the balance dates slate, all of our hot takes, all of our opinions. Um, so that is the goal there. So if you are waiting for balance dates slate content, come back. We'll probably actually make that one just a regularly scheduled episode to make it number 60 because it works cool. But maybe we won't. We'll see. We'll decide how we're feeling on the day. But with that, I've reserved a conference room for it. You've reserved a conference room. That's that's yeah. honestly the I, I like brought it down on my calendar because I'm self-employed. So you know, <laughs> I had to email my department administrator and reserve a conference room. Well, what we'll do then is we'll start off with a little bit of how are you guys doing, Typhus, uh, Jeremy, and Nathan. Uh, how are you getting on? We'll talk a little bit about that. Then we're going to do the the usual. We're going to run through the stats. We're going to run through what we've been up to. I'm probably going to do a little bit of an extended session on Death Guard because uh, everybody wants to talk about Death Guard, apparently. Um, it's been a very, it to yourself. <laughs> a very, a very Nurgle-themed week for me, I think. Um, and then we are going to talk a little bit about what we're looking for from the Mount State, what we're hoping for in terms of expectations. I mean, there'll be not so much content because at this point it's written. There's no point contributing to that. But what are we hoping it'll bring to the game? We'll wrap up with some show questions. We'll keep it to the normal 90 minutes because you guys have got a bunch of extra us coming next week. With that said, Jeremy, how are you getting on? Doing well. Another quiet weekend. Well, not necessarily quiet, but 
when we talk about the stats, we'll clarify how much it wasn't quiet. But it was nice. It was a long weekend here in Canada. We had our Labor Day. Um, yeah, it was. Hmm. It was nice. Boring. It, was, it was nice and quiet. Uh, last week, I played a game of tenth against Francois. We threw my sisters into his Grey Knights. Uh, notably, Grey Knights with zero Terminators because he didn't own any. Uh, and it was probably one of the most scuffed games the two of us have ever played, uh, both in terms of just not understanding how to kill each other and also um, dice just being insanely silly. And was that one of your mandated no more than four games a week? or? Oh, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was actually my first game of 40K in a little while. Um, but that's because I, I told myself September was going to be a quiet month. And I am holding myself to that. I'm doing a lot of hobby work instead. I finally got around to starting to build my Leviathan boxes, which have just been <laughs> sitting on a shelf since I picked them up at the end of June. Got 12 um, on Ryan's I need to build still. And then I'm, I'm, I'm done with the box besides the three, <laughs> besides three like like the extra duplicates yeah. of characters and the three screen and like the other two screamer killers. I yeah, like I've got more because I hate that head. It's hilarious because I bought an extra two sprues of Sternguard, which also has the Biologist and the uh, the Lone Op Lieutenant. I was like, "What am I going to do with this?" All right, who wants two Biologists is fine because if you play, I have four now. A world for two, four is too many. I I can see running two if you're running the Indomitor build, which I think is kind of cool and might be a direction to go after the slate. But um, yeah, I would not. I don't think you need four. I don't think you you can't. Of course, I dove into my bits box, made this lovely fella. Parfus and Hammer. Nah. Shield and hammer. hammer shield. The shield is go for... objective, objectively worse than the fist and the grenade launcher strapped to it. It looks cool. When does that sometimes, ever be concerned? Sometimes generally? rule of cool is more important. This, is, this is true. Um, also, the hammer fist just looks weird. No, it doesn't. Oh, is it... If you could swing with both, I'd take both. You... You, the purpose is there for the grenade keyword. I'm, I know it's there for the grenade keyword, but I don't care about the grenade keyword. Well, I do love the problem. idea of that power fist chucking grenades, though. I'm sure it's an underslung <laughs> grenade launcher or something. It's, but really... it's from one of the like store anniversary ones. It's like here, like on his fist, it's just like massive grenades. To... Yeah, it's it's a little weird. It's great. And just it's so Ben Mc, Ben MacJurek knows, because. Yes, this is directly targeted at him because he gives us money when I put the cat on. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Uh, congratulations to Ben who got his Team Scotland tattoo this week, by the way. Um, I'm very impressed. He also got Team USA one. Like, so, like he just got Team Scotland. But um, yeah, he put us all to shame because none of us have one. So, <laughs> Continuing the trend of being the most Scottish person in any room, apparently. He's doing a great job. Nathan, how have you been? Have you managed to ruin any Crusade Leagues locally recently? No, we don't start any Crusade Leagues for a couple months, actually. Um, the signups for one just started, and I'm not actually going to participate. Um, I know, right? Mostly because... A new NID book to torment people with. I do, but it's a actually... Crusade section in it. But the Crusade section is the same as the old NID book. I read the Goonhammer review today of the Crusade section. I was like, oh, so they just copy-pasted the old crusade rules into the new crusade rules and changed like a couple of things around because they didn't you still like get the... vulnerable safe flag high turn. No, you cannot. They no. took that. Well, I mean, I don't think the Blackstone relic 
still exists, which was how you ignored invulnerable saves with that guy. Um, I'd have to look. I haven't actually looked at the Crusade rules basically at all for this edition. Um, so I don't really similar. know what they do. I'm not convinced uh, they exist until I look at them, and I'm never going to look at them. So I know they created like skill trees essentially for monsters and vehicles, which is the other thing. But I don't know. I spent the weekend in Minnesota with my family, so I didn't really play any 40k. I was desperately trying to keep up with like reviews and YouTube stuff for the Tyranid book when all that happened on Saturday. But I was at the Minnesota State Fair eating fr various fried foods on sticks basically that day instead, because that's what you do at state fairs in the United States. Um, eat even more deep fried food than usual. And yeah, that's it. I've been painting Tyranids. I got some vines in to put onto my Wraith Knight, though, which is kind of fun. Because uh, I've been painting all the bronze Eldar stuff, which makes me very happy. Because they all look just like Faye popping out a floral highlands to steal people's children and such. That's it. I'm not even playing in 40k anymore. I don't know. Just paint. What? We're not going to play now? Oh, we're going to play, Jeremy. Okay, we're okay. going to play our, our new like nerd date on the weekly basis. Hell yeah. <laughs> Where we play 40k with terrible armies against each other. So you're um, both going to just submit your normal tournament list. Yes. Um, well, considering most of my tournament lists are just your tournament list, Dennis, that says more about you than anybody else in the room. <laughs> I hear you like Death Guard now, then. <laughs> oh. I don't have a Death Guard army to do, so <laughs> I'm going to keep stealing other lists. I, I think I screen capped your like handwritten Tyranids draft list from the weekend. <laughs> I think I'm just going to submit that exact I'm going to submit that screen cap to Armed Forces Day in at the end of September. Just the screen cap of that list. <laughs> just to make Jeremy real sad when he does list. list I will checks. write a list in crayon for you, Nathan, if that Yes, if you write an actual decent Tyranids list in crayon, I will submit it to yeah, uh, I'll do, I'll do that. as an image. Do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do that. There we, we go. Can, we can coordinate that. No, what you need to do, you need to scan it and then OCR it to see if it's actually legible, and then you can upload it. No. Oh, Jesus. I was just going to raw submit crayon. <laughs> the, the Scottish flag will be in the corner of it. It'll be great. I'm going to have like a little awesome. picture in the corner that's like by Innis age 26 on it and stuff like that. It's going to be great. <laughs> Fuck. I keep forgetting how young you are. <laughs> I mean, and it's just reminded me that he is a full solid decade younger than me. <laughs> than both of us. Yeah, than both of us. Sorry, guys. Um I'm currently there's so much tattoo chalk in the chat, and I'm like, I'm currently thinking about another tattoo, but <laughs> I have I heard the team's call and look was quite popular. I don't know what it will be. All of my tattoos have been pretty like non- meaningful meaning centric and more just like what is my artist doing right now that sounds cool and doing that that's fair so yeah that's it how about you ns what have you been up to so i went to a tournament this week um as some people might remember from last week i decided on a somewhat of a whim partly because i was ostensibly toing the tournament mostly you know it's a 30 person gt it runs itself basically i had a ref and a ringer there that meant that i could just play um so i was kind of that and the fact that Brian's in my local mayor and Brian's playing Eldar right now and Brian's quite good at Warhammer and I'm not better than Brian on Eldar. Doesn't really matter what I'm doing. So I decided that I was going to try and look for an alternative win condition, shall we say, <laughs> of how do I give myself the most opportunity to have this tournament feel like it's gone well without having to actually try and win it. 
Uh, and the answer I came up with was to pull the twenty, the twenty-first best army in the game and slam it into some tournament games, which went better than I expected. Um, so I ended up finishing three one and one with my losses to Chaos Space Marines and my draw to um, Space Marines and my wins against Tau and Eldar twice. Um, That's a very strange win loss <laughs> record. I won't lie. That's not where yeah. those wins or those losses or those draws sound like they should be, buddy. <laughs> the, the loss is understandable. The loss, I actually think, is um, like the hardest yellow matchup, the, the hardest red matchup that the list has. And I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, cool. But the basic gist is I played uh, a list that was basically built around the concept of play burst crawlers with ignore modifiers being fairly reasonable shooting with indirect to force your opponent to like do things on the game. You know, they can't just sit on their backfield. You can actually kill like small units. And the entropy cannon being an okay gun, a 24 range, strength 10 las cannon, it's not the worst thing in the world. Back that up with a land raider for even more of that kind of shooting, even more of that defensive profile, and I have a wall of it's, what, 36, 52, it's like 70 wounds of 2-up two up, two up armor save, toughness 10 plus. It's not, like, insurmountable. There are plenty of armies that don't have a great answer for that. Um, and, you know, just drive that out the board of people, and then shove a bunch of Chaos Lords in it. Um, because activation locking is a very real thing that's, you know, being more and more discussed over which is basically the premise that your opponent has to allocate resources to killing your stuff, right? Like, that's not really a, a fundamental like thing that should be surprising to anybody. But when you have a ton of individual little things that all have weird variants on them, so Chaos Lords, that I had five Chaos Lords that are functionally their toughness, six, um, Six wounds each, two of armor saving and four of armor saving. They're usually in cover, which isn't too hard to get in 10th edition. Now, what that means is that you might have a gun that's pretty good at killing that profile, but do you have six of them to kill six different units that are all that profile? Because if that's a squad of six guys, it dies to, like, whatever. But it's very easy to overkill or underkill that kind of unit. And I had, you know, six of them plus three five light spawns that are kind of, you know, a smaller version of the same thing, but it's nine individual units. Do you have nine guns that reasonably kill, like, a Terminator character? Probably not, which means that some of them are going to get to keep doing things, even though they're reasonably squishy. You're just kind of like, hey, this is in front of you. You have to deal with this. But also the kind of guns that kills them is probably the kind of stuff that kills the Playbird Crawlers and the Land Raider and Mortarian. And just try to make your opponent not have enough physical capacity through their guns to deal with your units to, in time to stop you scoring. So I can just, you know, if I have two or three of them live, one of them dives in the middle, slams down a teleport home, the other one jumps onto your objective and tags a vehicle so that it's going to have to fall back and can't shoot into x and y and it takes minus one to hit into mortarian or you know whatever right just start causing problems start scoring secondaries um all the while you're killing the things that are good at killing that sort of thing with the play controllers because you don't really care about the stuff that you know i don't really care about a wraith knight or a fire prison but if i can kill the warp spiders and the um like the guardians and the other stuff that has to stand on objectives eventually you know a chaos sword behind a wall sitting on an objective doesn't have anything that can run on it anymore and it just gets to sit there on an objective excuse me, just sit there on objective and score points. And that was the basic premise. And that worked great in every game, except the one where I didn't know what I was doing because it was game one. And I had never moved a land raider on a WC board before. Uh, and it turns out that's really hard. And if you're not <laughs> expecting it to be hard, um, you'll make some small mistakes. And I definitely made a bunch of like little mistakes with my list that game that ended up being, um, ended up just not going the way I wanted. I also... A little bit, you know, I by the way that I played it badly, I gave myself the opportunity to get a little dice scammed. Mortarian got charged by a squad of blade guard with a captain and a lieutenant with no oath up. And they went, okay, so that's like 17, it's like 20 something attacks with Lance with uh, Lance plus one, plus one AP, lethal hits. I'm like, it's like some total, eight saves, damage one. I've got seven wounds left. 
fail seven out of eight, seven out of eight four ups, and all my funeral pains and die to literally nothing. God damn, um, it was it was very sad. I'm not gonna lie. I was definitely set up with like Mortarin ready to slam the heel. It was like a primary swing. It was a card swing. It was it was horrible. I was very upset. Um, I, I think I got a little flustered at that when I tried to like command reroll a save after funeral pains. I'm like, that's not how that works. And I'm like, I know it's not. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, I'm just so shocked at what just happened. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like they're sitting there, just like actively being shell shocked. Uh, this is the same turn that like Typhus has just spent like three turns to come with like five assault and five like heavy intercessors, just like bouncing every turn because he's AP two. I'm like, oh my god, this is awful. Um, so I ended up drawing that game ten ten. Then I beat a Tau list thirteen seven. Basically, just was able to put a ton of stuff in the middle of Tau. I don't know if anybody's read the Tau rules. They're not created split firing. Uh, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I just, I just had like an Aww. army of dudes, just a sea of dudes in front of me. It's like I get to fire at one of these, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Good I luck. mean, they can split fire. Yeah, they they shouldn't. They shouldn't though. When you're just like repeatedly chain charging the one crisis squad that's got yeah. guys left, <laughs> just like it was great. It was very funny. Um, so I ended up winning that one 13-7. Then I played CSM and um okay, so that army does a lot of damage <laughs> and it doesn't really have activation issues when you're stood in front of it. Um that army can have a little bit of issues with that range, but we played supply drop and I went first. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I don't have an out here. There is literally like part of playing a list like this is in some way, you will have a competitive advantage against the list. It doesn't matter if it's a big one, a small one, right? There is, in any game of 40k, there is something that your list probably does better than your opponent's list. Even into Eldar, right? You are going to be better at something than Eldar are, and it's your job to make the game as much about that as you can and to deny their advantages, right? That's like kind of the fundamentals of competitive play is you're good, you're good, good at something, your opponent's good at something. Your job is to prioritize the things that you're good at and distance, like, this, like, disallow your opponent to make the thing about their list, right? So an Elder Army, you want to not get shot, right? That's kind of the core point that they're better at shooting than you. Can you score points better than them? Maybe you'd be faster than them. Now, the imbalance there comes that Elder are so pushed that they, despite being worse at things, it doesn't matter because their guns are so good, right? Like, you kind of get into this, if you can make the game about the thing that you're good at, then there is always a chance. CSM were better at literally every single thing that I could think about for that game. I could not shoot better than them, fight better than them, score better than them, stand in the open better than them, stand on objectives better than them, get to objectives faster than them, hit harder than them when I'm there. The only thing I had was three PBCs of indirect, which are terrible into our contempt and the Nurgle strategy. That was the only competitive advantage I had, and we were playing supply drop, and I'm going first. I genuinely don't think there was a way that I could have approached this game besides going for scammy high rolls. So I went for scammy high rolls, and it didn't work. Like, you know... Fair enough. You can't, um, if your game plan going into it is I'm going to try and scam you and the scamming doesn't work, then yeah, so, sorry, that was, that wasn't a real game plan. It was a, it was a, uh, Hail Mary and you can't bank on a Hail Mary. I went for stuff like just ingressing Abaddon and charging into, or ingressing Mortarion and charging Abaddon squad and just like hoping to hire all, I killed two Terminators and then died back and just like horrible stuff like that. Um, so that game was really rough. Alan actually ended up going second in the event. He went undefeated, so it was not not the most unhappy loss. I had played him the previous week as well with Thousand Sons and won that game, so it was okay. He got his vengeance a little bit. Uh, it just took me playing Death Dark for him to get it. No. Um, <laughs> 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 um, 
Um, yeah, I don't think the the highlight of that game was Mortar was Typus dropping down, smiting himself, charging Abaddon, not getting to fight because Mortarion killed everyone in base contact with him, and he didn't want to pile into Abaddon, <laughs> and then Nobody dying immediately, and then dying immediately on the clapback. Uh, so Typhus successfully did two damage to himself, and that was his game impact on the game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, just no, very normal, very normal stuff from the from the chapter master of the Death Guard. Um, then I bounced overnight into uh, Eldar and Eldar, and the first Eldar game was Double Wraith Knight, one of which did have a sword because Mark was being nice and didn't want to push too hard on the advantage. So it, had, it was three Wraith Knight heavy Wraith cannons, and then like triple fire like i think it was double fire prism and various other like some scoring elements and so that sort of stuff uh and i looked at this and i went okay i'm gonna deploy on the line and try to go first and i deployed on the line and i went first and i drove my entire army forward fired one one land raider worth of las cannons and that was it and got on all got on all three of the neutral all three of the objectives my home objective and the two in middle in vital ground so there's no middle objective in this mission which is very helpful because it means it's a fairly low scoring primary mission and my opponent's going to have to come to me uh <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's very confusing. I are talking about the unit typhus, not Polish typhus. Um, sorry, we're going to bring on our, our, our next host is actually just going to be called Wraith Guard. We're going to confuse everybody. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I drove forward, fired, uh, managed to convert one whole Laz Cannon wound through onto the Wraith Knight, which put seven damage on it because Mortarian's aura is cool. Um, just ripped half the damage off a of Wraith Knight. It felt very good. Um, I say half, like put it down to eleven, and then my last cannon, my my uh, one fire, my one um, play first follow that got drained, double missed on a fire prism. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, because that would have been really nice to like half damage a fire prism there, because then I can fire all the indirect at it. Instead, all the indirect goes into and picks up a score of warp survivors, which fair enough, not too unhappy with that. That's most of his scoring off the board. He then goes first, proceeds to fire basically everything at the land radar. Um, he fires one heavy wraith cannon, which does twelve damage to play, which does ten damage to play first caller. And then everything else goes into the Land Raider, and he finishes it off with the Nightsmith. Uh, Eldar do have a ton of rerolls, like they have a lot of way to get through, but popping Cloud of Flies on a Land Raider or Armor or um, Cloud, of Cloud of Flies or the generic uh, Pop Smoke stratagem on big things is vaguely okay for keeping them alive. You know, it's, they're still hitting on fours rolling. Unfortunately, it never mattered. Every single Wraith Cannon shot hit both, every game into, into everything that was shot on fours rolling. They were just like, nope, all hit every time. It never came up once. But in theory, it would have been great. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so I'm then I'm now sat. I've just picked up a 12 primary going first is into into Eldar. I'm like, okay, cool. I've got the contents of my land raider, which died to the night spinner getting two sixes on four shots uh to wound and killing it. I was heartbroken. It went down to three and then died to the night spinner. Otherwise, it would have been I would have ripped the soul out of a wreath like that turn. It would have been great. Um, so I set up, I charged like the Ranger Squad. I with I just shoot it with like a billion flamers from the foul white spawns um i drive the two remaining flavor crawlers up towards the fire prism fire four last cannon shots at it miss all of them uh typhus drops Man, in i love your Roll luck so far yep typhus <laughs> typhus drops in rolls to go for the big damage onto the wraith knight uh smites himself takes d3 damage um <laughs> Like, so wait, you won it. this game, right? Yeah. You won this game. It sounds very much like your Typhus recognizes where Death Guard is at and is just kicking himself for being part of this. He's like, oh no, this was gonna be so cool. Why have I done this? Um so yeah, he drops in. I fire the the two plague brush crawlers into the Wraith Knight. They're in damage ignore damage reduction range. He doesn't have can't get fortune. I got lethal hits. one of them's AP2. 
There's no cover because the Lord of Verlands can see it. One shot and two shots, so nine shots total. I think I did. I think I did two damage to it. Uh, I was like, oh, this was gonna be so cool. Um, the one crowning grace here is I do get my Lord of the Lord of what's it called, Living Plague, Lord of Chaos, into his like home objective area, which is now turned to he now has a nine inch aura of on a four plus every unit within nine inch any unit within nine inches per unit takes two three more wounds, and I get a couple wounds on a wraith knight, I get a couple wounds on the wayleaper, I get a couple wounds on the night spinner, I just get a couple wounds here and there, and then that guy proceeds to not die because my opponent at this point has an offer of wayleaper, two wraith knights, two fire prisms left. And then a squad of shadow specters in my deployment zone, and that is all is on the board. And that is, it turns out, not a ton of activations. So he spends the next turn shooting Mortarian, who decides that the only damage he wants to take is from mortal wounds and nothing else, and just lives. And we're like, okay, cool, we're playing. I have two squads of Nurglings that deployed nine inches from his deployment zone at this point that are still in his deployment zone because he has not been able to shoot them yet. And they're just like chain charging fire prisms, or it's just like this is great. One of them like dies in combat to a wraith knight. Uh, Typhus gets charged by the wraith knight with the sword and gets executed. It was very sad. I would have loved him to pass all his saves and get to do some damage back. Wouldn't have helped. Um, Mortarian then proceeds to charge a wraith knight and goes, All right, you've got a five showing on your fate dice because you've used all your six at this point. One CP for inexorable, that's plus one AP, one CP for sustained hits. And I pop five wounds, five hits, five wounds, fails four of the saves. That's flatline, 16 damage, taken two damage already, dead right night. And now we're like, okay, cool, we're playing. There's still a right night on his home objective. There's still a fire prism left. And Mortarian tanks it again <laughs> for the second <laughs> turn in a row. And then the Lord of Plague's aura goes off on that right night and drops it to four health. Uh, Mortarian shoots it to death with the D6 plus three shots with dead wounds. With the lantern? No, with the other one. The, the like plague wind or whatever it's called. The D6 plus three, oh, D6 weapon, plus three yeah. shots. Seven, two, one dead wounds. <laughs> three natty sixes, one reroll, turns it into a six. Nukes the Wraith Knight. This luck swing in the other direction is real good. That's real solid. It was, phenomenal it was so funny this lord of this lord of contagion is our lord of Verland, our chaos lord is just on my opponent's home objective on one wound it's been on one wound for two turns has been shot by the offer way leaper and like a shuriken cannon for two turns it's just like it doesn't have anything to shoot it with there's like three foul blight spawns saying like war spiders aren't coming over here because they don't want to walk into that overwatch um and he's now sat on my home objective with like five war spiders and five shadow specters plague burst caller like drives back there to go and try and tank shock them off it Manages to do one damage on Tank Shock and flip and contest the objective for a turn at least. Um, so I ended up winning this game 12 8 because I still didn't score any fucking secondaries. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you should have just taken behind enemy lines. <laughs> the Nurglings could have just sat there all day. Uh, they ended up, yeah, probably. I mean, they ended up scoring me like area denial and extend balance. I had a good early draw and then a pretty terrible like back end yeah. draw. I think my turn. I turned four and five cards. I never drew a card I could score. Uh, and my opponent drew like capture enemy outpost on five while sat on my home objective and just flipped like flipped it from like a 15 to a 12. But I'm going to be honest, I was happy with the 12. So the yeah. takeaway from that game is uh, you kind of got to just play to your outs. I command, I had two CP every turn. I command reroll the save on Mortarion and I popped stealth on Mortarion. Every turn, that's all I did was just those two CP. Keep him alive, uh, unless I had an extra one from discarding cards. 
and it worked out. Um, I would not call that a reliable game plan. I would not call it one that I would be eager to try and repeat, but it did work on the day. <laughs> and then you okay. played Elder again. Yeah, then I put up the next round pairings, and I'm playing functionally Brian's WC list that swapped out like something. It swapped out like one, or no, it wasn't. It was double Fire Prism, 20 Wraith Guard with Spirit Seers, a Wraith Lord, a Wraith Knight, and then like 10 Guardians with a Farseer. And that was it. It didn't have a Whaley Bar. It didn't have any. Oh, I had one support battery. And it's just stuff. There is so few activations in this list, which, you know, my list is built around denying you, denying you if you don't have great activations. Now, I think my opponent lost this game more than I won it. He deployed very defensively with his Wraith Knight, and I was able to functionally hide everything, and I ing I put more target in Deep Strike. Because uh, this had a central objective, and the Wraith, um, the Wraith Knight is fairly scary. Uh, but my opponent left his Wraith Knight in his deployment zone until functionally turn 5. Uh, and this was the ritual, and he just didn't have any units to make objectives with. So I played heads down, thumbs up. I took cleanse and teleport homers, and I made three objectives in a line across my crucible battle deployment zone one here, one here, one here, with a sticky objective holding the one in the center, and then a squad of poxwalkers hidden, cleansing the top two, just slamming the button cleanse, 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 cleanse. And in nice. the middle, Nurglings jump on the middle, deploy teleport homer. Next turn, another Nurglings deploy teleport homer. Next turn, a plague scrawler deploys teleport homer. Next turn, the Nurgling that didn't bat that didn't battle the start to poison Alpha Homer, and then a play, and then Typhus to poison Alpha Homer. It's just like cool. That's uh, that's fifteen on to poison Alpha Homers and fourteen on cleans. My opponent's got Brigadier and assassinate because most people did that to me, uh, and I just held him off primary. I went first in this. I went second in this one. Uh, he walked forward. Didn't have any unit that could do the action on turn one because uh, he had deployed hidden for me, so he couldn't get anything into position to summon or summon an objective, except a Wraith Knight or a Fire Prism, and he didn't want to put them in the open, so he decided not to make an objective and just tried to play for the late game. And then on turn two, I managed to hold him to a zero. Uh, he got like a five because he Phantasm in the middle. And then I held him to a zero the next turn because I had like Mortarian in combat in the middle, like Epic challenged out the Spirits here to get him rid of his minus one to hit, so that I could keep charging with the Nurglings, and he'd hit the Nurglings on fives, and I could maybe live. Uh, <laughs> and then... Just did the same thing. Typhus charged the other one. Epic challenged out the spirits here so that anything that's dead stays dead. And he can't flip primary during the command phase. He's got to like be honest. If he's taking damage, he's taking damage. Eventually he gets into the middle, gets the primary. Uh he's, you know, I ended up the game with two playbird crawls after life. He maxed assassinate on turn two. We don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think turn three, sorry, because he went first. Um and yeah, heads down, thumbs up, 13-7 win. I won by like 16 points. Um, because I just nice. scored four or five primary because I was on three objectives the entire game and he was on one for most of it. Uh, I killed no Wraith Guard through shooting. Uh, Mortarian barely killed any in combat. He killed like the Spirits here and two dudes, and then the other three Chaos Lords killed like one more between them. That squad ended the game with like three guys alive. The other one lost its Spirits here and nothing else. Um, the Wraith Knight was on full health and it didn't matter. So, again, I think I got lucky with the mission in this one. Um, and it really yeah, sounds like you just you held down an adult with like 50 kindergartners <laughs> and hoping for the best. Minor casualties. Just minor just like casualties. I was just shivering him in the leg until he fell out. And he was like, What's shivering me in the leg? And by the time he realized I had like anoint I like absconded with his wallet, it's kind of what it felt like. It's like if that game goes another turn, I'm still I'm just tabled, but you only need five rounds um typhus was absolutely the mvp in this one though he dropped in uh ripped the ch ripped chunks out of the wraith lord to finish it off or, or was going to rip chunks out of the wraith lord to finish it off but the, the entropy cannons got there so he got to nuke out like two extra wraith guard 
the Lord of Virulence aura is just slamming on two Wraith Guards towards a turn, just picking up two. That's why I like Epic Charge of the characters, just to keep that repetitive damage, just to keep dropping his OC, keep dropping his OC in that area. And it just about worked out. Uh, Poxwalkers, all they did was they scored me, I think I scored like 85 points that game. The Poxwalkers conservatively scored me 70 of them. Uh, but nothing to shoot them. They were just sat in a corner. Um, but yeah, real, real MVP has got to be the guy that let, has got to be getting to Rapid Ingress Mortarian out of line of sight of a Wraith Guard squad in charge range of both of them and out of range of the Wraith Knight. That was the real. That was the real. Oh, this this point this point on the board shouldn't exist right now, uh, and that was the one that I think helped the most. I think I'd have been okay without it, but it definitely gave me a lot of leeway on the game. Um, now, for all of his sins in the first in the first Elder game, this game Mortarian died to the first shot from the Wraith Knight was 66 mortal wounds picked him up just like oh okay cool <laughs> right okay so that's what can happen here um it turns out it does scamming feel fairly is, realistic scamming is still scamming uh i mean he was still hitting on fours he got four shots into four hits i'm like come on man into three did, did he not have a skyrunner i was just curious no. oh no, he had the, he had the guide I just, oh, assumed, that was I just assumed that he had a Skyrunner for some reason. That feels yeah. less likely than that feels yeah, more was, lucky. It was, it was the second time in a row that somebody had gone four shots, four hits on fours with one reroll into the Mentarian. And I'm like, it's just as likely that you get that you get one hit, guys. Come on. Yes. I mean, you just need to play like 20 more games and then it'll average out, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to do that. Like, 100%. Let, me just, let me just go and schedule another 20 games with Death Guard. <laughs> I 100% promise you that's exactly I mean, what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm sure that Brian will take you up with his Eldari. Yeah. He definitely wants that ego boost for beating you with Death Guard. But... <laughs> no, no, no. We're continuing the whole thing. Brian has never won a Scottish GT in which he beat me. So that's that's what we're clinging to. <laughs> He's never beaten me on the way to a tournament win. So I got to I gotta continue that. <laughs> he gets Amazing. it now when I'm doing it with Death Guard. It doesn't count either because he'll, he'll not take that. So that's what, that's what I'm running with. That's what I, all I got left. <laughs> nice. Brian has lost um, one tournament game of 10th edition so far. Uh, total. Um, I don't feel like I'm going to be the one to break that anytime soon. So, why don't we talk about stats then now, where we can talk about more about yeah, how nobody cool. loses games? Um, As if I anybody told... wants, I'll do one more thing. Oh, cool. If anybody wants a little more about the Deathmatch stuff, I'm going on the Discussing and Resilient podcast tomorrow. So, that'll be out at some point. And I've just done a Goonhammer article as well. Uh, you can find that on Goonhammer.com. It's called like Innis Wilson at Clan Wars Scottish Open or something like that. Uh, Community, I will say that my favorite thing about it has been the community response. I get tagged constantly in Discord, like talking with people talking about Death Guard and I, people looking at the list, people trying to learn about it. Uh, the Discord channel in uh, Team Scotland or in the um, StatCheck server is like the most active it's been since the since we made the channel, I think. <laughs> there were like 15 messages in it total, and there's now like a couple, like 100 a day. So <laughs> big, big love to the big love to the Death Guard people, even if the army is ab abjectly terrible. <laughs> I, don't know, I just love the concept that I was kind of introduced to of just activation locking people with that army. It's just something I hadn't really considered. It's something you think about just like not as a technique, I think, as an as a more novice it's player. And definitely like, like something you can design a list around is kind of interesting. Playing with and around Brian a ton, it's one of his favorite concepts in 40k. Uh, he's definitely the person that introduced me to it as like a like I kind of knew about it before, but Brian is definitely the one that codified it for me. Uh, and it was a big way of the way he played his orc list um, that was doing really well at the end of ninth edition. Uh, and it's definitely something that you saw um, 
someone like Lucas on the TNG podcast talking about for his WTC list works as well. So it's definitely a concept that applies to other people. You usually see it more in the concept in the space of transports, but lots of single small units, but like single model units where just like there's no such thing as overkill damage is definitely um, definitely an interesting place to apply as well. That's cool. Right. All stats. right. Let's do it. As I told Jeremy, the stats are much like my tea, kind of microwaved, um, which offends only people who drink tea regularly and nobody else. <laughs> should offend everybody. <laughs> um, I'm sure that Taos will come out of the freaking woodwork and ask why I did that, but let's neither here nor there. Um, the stats are terrible, and I don't want to talk about them, but we're going to talk about them anyways. And then Jeremy has some interesting stuff that he did that he's going to talk about a little bit later. But just because people always ask for it, this last week's stats were awful. Uh, Eldar are currently still in first place. Uh, they won 66.3% of their games. They won seven out of like 12 events this weekend, I believe. Maybe 13. It might be 13. 13. It's 13. Seven out of 13 events, 23 top fours, 45 top tens for a 3.11 over rep. They have like half of the top fours. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, so uh, that's that's that. Uh, they have a 14.2% for meta representation. So yeah, they have like a 46% of all the top fours from last weekend. Uh, Necrons were in second by win rate. They had 8.8% meta representation, a 55.9% win rate. They won an event. They had four top fours, eight top tens for a 0.87 for overrep. Uh, Custodies were in third, 7.8% of the meta. 55.5% win rate, one event win, four top fours, 13 top tens for essentially a one for over rep. Uh, Gene Sealer Colt were in fourth, 4.1% of the meta, a 54.9% win rate, no event wins, two top fours, eight top tens, and a 0.95 over rep. So, you know, perfectly balanced. And then Thousand Suns run out the top five with a 5.7 meta representation, a 52.9% win rate. An event win, five top fours and 13 top tens for a 1.68 over rep. Uh, the other event winners were, let me pull them up real quick. Um, Death Watch, Imperial Knights, and Chaos Space Marines. Well done to all three of them for the other like 57 events that they weren't at. Actually, just six factions won each one event. So the six other factions won one event each to make up the other six things that Eldar did not win. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Um, at the bottom for this week, we have Space Marines. Generic Space Marines. Uh, Always happens when this is super major because so many people come out of the woodwork playing Space Marines. So I'm not surprised. There, it's been happening for a while now. I know. But like, it they, always, they it's been... always worst on super major weekends, right? Correct. So just pure Space Marines, not the various space wolves, blood angels and stuff that we usually sum together to make them have meta representation. That actually makes sense. Uh, had 4.9% of the meta, a 31% win rate. Uh, they got no top fours, no event wins and one top 10 for a zero for over rep. Hell yeah. Uh, sisters second to last, uh, 1.7% of the meta, a 36.8% win rate, two top tens. Uh, also a zero for overrep. Then Tau, third to last, 3.2%, a 37.6% win rate, uh, one top 10 for a zero. Drakari, fourth from the bottom, 1.3% meta representation, so almost not even worth counting anymore. 37.8% uh, win rate and no placements of any kind. And then Grey Knights round out the bottom, 
uh, 20 players, 2% meta representation, a 38.6% win rate, and also no placements of any kind. Uh, I think so by, by himself and his guard, carry guard the, the bottom five. <laughs> I think by just by dint of you playing them, because there are only uh, 17 one of the, players. One of the Greenhammer guys, Bear, played them for three and three at the Greenhammer Open mm-hmm. as well. That I know yeah. of. Uh, I've been speaking to him a little bit about his run. So, hey, so the two of well you make up twenty percent of the wins this weekend. Yes. Don't, the two don't of you by like yourselves. That. Good job. Don't say it like that. I mean, yeah, there were only uh, thirty-four wins this weekend for Death Card, <laughs> and you two had six wins between the two of you. <laughs> Um, and that was out of what wait. 17 players, 17 yeah, players, out of yep. 17 players. <laughs> Se- Adeptus Mechanicus and Leagues of Otan have dropped below the player threshold where I start talking about their stats, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so, how many players did we have this weekend? Just for context, we usually look at any faction that has 10 or more players. How many players did we have total this weekend? Uh, if my mouse would start working, like I was right. Was a thousand and twelve players, so that means that Admech and Vote Ten have slipped below one percent of active oh. players. Ten out of a thousand, one percent. Yeah, that's that's awful. Yeah, they them and World Eaters, I think, are the only factions who have slipped below the ten total players. Uh, World Eaters, the nine players actually did somewhat respectably and respectably rather, and got forty four percent of a win rate, which is doing all right. They better, better than, than Angels. I, they did better than Blood Angels, Astra Militarum, Space Wolves, Death Guard, Adeptus Mechanicus, Leagues of Votan, Grey Knights, Drakari Tau, Sisters, and Space Marines. <laughs> um, I mean, Eldar have continued their thing of winning more events, top top fouring and winning more events than like most of the field just has wins for games. Um, yep. So yeah. This how's, how's Elder is... doing on the how's Elder doing on the event win rate versus faction win rate? So uh, Elder won seven out of thirteen, which is over fifty. I mean they're now which is fifty four percent win rate. They won every they won more than all but three factions. Which for still... event wins. So they won uh they won at more than everybody except Gene Stealer Colt, Adeptus Custodes, and Necrons by event win rate. Just just putting it out there. So that's why the emotional support cat cam is on again today. Is because the uh, meta is hot molten lead. And it is again, definitely... If, if, if the balance not great. We're going to have Fergus in the doorway next week. Yeah. Uh, I, so. I, will, I will mount a bed to the wall for Logan and Abigail. And I will just put the camera on them. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I'll, the other I'll reason I'll that the emotional support cat is out is that I had to read 144 Eldari lists this weekend. Yeah, that's too many Eldari lists. They just had to read 17 Death Guard lists, which I'm pretty sure is just as bad, but... Uh, at least they were unique. Yeah. What was the most interesting other Death Guard list you saw? I don't know. I don't I don't really commit those ones to memory. <laughs> I need to know this what my competition's not... looking like. This I mean, yours was attention. definitely the most unique because <laughs> it just caused everyone to flame you for it. <laughs> and then did the best of most of the Death Guard lists for the weekend, so there you go. I'm not saying I'm the savior of an entire faction, but the the emotional support cat is trying to hide under the monitor. So I think has had enough of our weekly stats chat. (laughs) Jeremy, you we wanted to pull up some uh, event participation and completion stats, right? Yeah, give me a second. I'm going to pull this up. 
Now this Probably is something presented that's as a actually kind of cool. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Nice. Someone remind me to stop sharing my screen when I'm done with this. No, no, because I'm terrible with that. Um, so I have been taking as much data as I can find, not just the stuff that I started collecting in February of 2022, but I've also been looking back at what was previously presented in, in early ninth edition by Peter at 40kstats.com, grabbing as much as I can and shoving it all together. This is just looking at my data, but it kind of is interesting. So there's two lines on this graph. This is from February of 2022 until today, basically. Uh, and it kind of shows the, the weekly trends for how many players are showing up at events. Um, and it's, you know, more or less trending upwards. It's, you know, chaotic is all hell, but yes. it's very slightly trending upwards. Uh, but the interesting one, so that's the blue line. Blue line is event attendance. So you can see this was the moment when I lost my all sensibility um, was LGT last year, where there were <laughs> 1,356 players in a single weekend. Uh, and I just, yeah, decided that that moment that I started to question my life choices a little bit. But the more interesting thing is looking at the percentage of players that complete events. Um, now, I'm going to add one caveat to this. I have fudged this data slightly. Uh, and that's because super majors have a very interesting trend that I noticed. And that is if it is a three day event, you have about the same number of people that will play the full two days as a typical event and then a massive drop off in the number of people that will play that third day. We saw it at Nova this weekend. We saw it at Nova last year. Oh, we saw it at, significantly. We yeah. saw it at Warhammer Fest. We saw it at Tacoma. We saw it less at Kansas City because it was only 100 players to begin with. But it's one of these things where like, you will see anywhere from a third to almost a half of the players just stop playing after day two. But you'll see like 95% of them play the first two days. So I basically looked at just the first two days of, of events when I was looking at this um, because of that trend towards towards the drop rate. But this is basically looking at, you know, as time has gone on over the last, you know, 18 months, 19 months that we've been tracking data, how has, you know, the, the ratio of people who start an event to those that finish the event or at least play through two full days of a three-day super major. And it's stayed remarkably consistent um, between 80... You know, percent on the low end and about 95% on the high end. Every now and then you have, you know, exceptions where someone will actually play all of their games. Uh, and in this case, that was 653 people. Every single person finished their event. Which is... Is that not like the the week that has like 50 people? Oh, no. Sorry, that's... Uh, maybe that is this one down here. Yeah, that's like... Is... The first oh, yeah, this, 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 is, this is New Year's. Yeah, this is the one that had 100, had 32 people. So it was just fun event. Never mind. This is what happens when I don't look at graphs carefully. Um, but yeah, like even on weekends where there are a ton of players, like for example, LGT last year, the, the 2nd of October, 91% of people finished their events. So that was, you know, out of 1,356 players, that many people actually finished the event or at least played through the first full two days. Uh, I can't remember what the game spread at LGT was, but I think it was... It was just three, two. Okay, it was just 3-2. Right, because then there was the top cut. Yep. Um, so that many people played through. Similarly, I was because we were looking at it, we were wondering, because this is a question that's come up a lot in the last for the last couple of months, is meta scuffed. Win rates are all over the place. There's a very big um what's the best word to put it? Uh 
not delineation. Word will come to me. Uh, stratification, stratification in the meta, where you can where you can see like the the who has and who doesn't have. Um, but despite that, like we looked at Nova last year and Nova this year, Nova this year, actually, uh, Ben, I do have unique player registrations. It's not in here because I haven't updated it recently, but I can actually show you that later if you want. Um, but one of the things that they that we looked at was Nova last year versus Nova this year. Nova last year was Nephilim. It was one of the best metas that we've seen since we started looking at data. And then Nova this year was, well, the dumpster fire. Not the event, but the the meta. Um, and Good Nova this year, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of people who were who are in our Discord went to Nova and did enjoy themselves from at the very least the the you know the interactions of the event. Um, but yeah, so one of the big things that um, that we were noticing that is like Nova had, I think it was. 270 people last year and they had 325 this year so the event has grown by you know 20 percent year over year uh, but more people proportionally finished the full two days and more people proportionally finished the three days nova has traditionally had this kind of drop day at the end um which is you know where people will just not play the Sunday. Uh, last year it was three rounds on the Sunday. This year it was two rounds on the Sunday. Uh, either way, it's you know you saw a pretty big drop off. That drop off was smaller this year than last year, which means that more people are playing it through. So I need to look at. I wonder ben how McCurk much it stops selecting that if you're willing to go to an event in this meta, you're probably slightly more likely to stick it out. Which is what I was. Which is one of the things that we were talking about after I looked at this was just like, well, it kind of makes sense if you're paying the money to go to an event. Um, either traveling or even just getting an army ready and paying the registration fee, uh, it makes a really big deal that you know you know what you're getting into. There's very few people who show up to a super major not knowing what the meta looks like, and so you are, mm -hmm. as Inna said, self-selecting, and you know you're more likely to play it out because well you're a sucker for punishment, or maybe you play Eldari. Increasingly likely on that Eldari front. Uh, yeah, um, that the rate it's going, Eldari might pass combined Space Marines. And combined Space Marines are higher than they were the last time that we saw that happen, which was in February of 2022 when Custodes <laughs> briefly surpassed them. And that was at the 12% mark. Yeah, they're like 16% right now. Space Marines are 16% combined. This weekend, they, they, chain, they fluctuate a little bit in there, but Eldari were 14% this weekend, which is... And they've been basically wow. going up the whole time, which is yep. intriguing. And they've been eating away at everyone else's representation fairly yep. equally. And uh, kind of slowly devouring all of the overrep. Like, as you saw this last week, the overrep definitely has condensed even further. Yeah, but just as an example, this is what... Uh, this is actually probably the best one. Let's bring this to the front. I have, as you can see, I have been futzing around with this data a lot. Um. But this is what 2021, 2022, and 2023 have looked at. This gap here is because I'm missing the month of June from 2023 because that was when we stopped caring about 9th edition stats. Um, but like the trend lines are fairly consistent in terms of in terms of in terms of like month like number of players that are showing up every single month. Um, so we'll see if this continues. Um, I think we've kind of set it to death at this point but if the data slate is impactful enough if the data slate gives us what we need to restore some level of balance to the meta then we'll see this continue to grow if we don't 
we might start seeing player attendance drop off, which is, you know, kind of scary for tournament organizers and also competitive players as a whole, because if you are in on this, you want to have as many people at your events as possible. You want to be playing good games. You want to be having fun. And one of the things like to take into like account when you're looking at this data is that we select out large travel events, basically. So the people who are going to these events, like you mentioned before, are spending lots of money on hotel and flights and stuff and are more likely to just finish. I think at some point it'd be interesting, although almost impossible to do, would be to look at RTT data as well. Because it's like way easier to just be like, you know what, I don't want to finish this RTT and just leave. Yeah. Um, but that's more of an interest to me to see if it's just people will definitely be like, you know, I spent a thousand dollars on this trip. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to finish it. Although some of the people on our discord definitely dropped and went and like explored on their, on their third day, basically. Yep. And like I mentioned, that's actually really common with Nova. Mm -hmm. um, less common is the, the people that drop after day one. Yeah. Um, and we didn't see a tick up, in this Nova, but again, like we were saying, people kind of already knew what they were getting themselves into. Um, There's definitely an aspect of like the event size for Nova hasn't increased like humongously, has it since last year's event? Yeah, only about well, about 20%, which is hmm, Not reasonably but substantial, but like in the grand scheme of things isn't huge. We might just be seeing events that are sold out just kind of filling those gaps with people who are interested in going in previous years as well. Yeah, be interesting to see if like event saturation is a thing that we might be exploring from an attendance perspective. It definitely is having an impact. Um, I you know, point to Capital City Bloodbath as a really good example of that. This has been for many years known as Ottawa's premier uh, 40K event. Uh, last year we had 122 play players. This year we had 84. Mm-hmm. Um, in his, I think the I think the Scottish uh, yeah we dropped from fifty six to thirty four. Uh, that's a pretty substantial drop. And so yeah, it's, it's also a different time of year. Like it was May or it was like end of an edition versus start of an edition of things like that. Or like it's a May yeah. event versus September event. Um, so it's not one to one correlation, right? But, yeah. So right. some events are seeing increases. Some of your events are seeing decreases. Like a good example again, Seattle Open a year ago versus Tacoma Open this year, ostensibly the exact same location and same time of year, um, and Tacoma was huge compared to Seattle. So there's also the, you know, at what point do you hit event cap and then you make more room for space? Because I know that from what I've seen, the U.S. events team have been able to do much larger events this year than they did last year because they just have more resources available to them. Yeah. You know, and, so when I say people knowing about the meta, I think the argument is that people last year went to event where, you know, we're right now because of the state the game is in, it's a little more... If you are a person who is willing to go to a tournament, given the current state of balance, you are probably already expecting it to be kind of crap, which is why we're maybe not seeing event drop numbers change as much as people might were expecting, maybe would expect them to. If you are already like, I'm going to go to a tournament, I know how Aldar are, and you playing playing Aldar, you're probably going to be like, yeah, whatever, like, fine, I knew this was a risk when I came into it, versus, you know, last year where it's just, you know, a fairly stable meta. So it's probably why the drop rate hasn't changed a ton, would be my immediate guess. Maybe that's not completely accurate but i definitely personally think it's fairly close to something that could be representing affecting that there's also probably some lag right because some people you have to plan travel like pretty far in advance in a lot of situations in order to like, yeah, get good prices on plane tickets and hotels and stuff so there there might be some 
inertia in event attendance drop off as well. For sure. Um, but we'll find out. I think we'll we'll have the special episode on Thursday. We'll be able to talk about what we think of the quality of the data slate at that point. And we'll kind of be able to see, like, if it's good, maybe that's that'll be great. Like, we'll be really excited. Um, I remain cautiously optimistic. Yes. Agreed. I, right. I Shall we move on to some show questions? M2, cautiously optimistic. Especially. Yeah, let's do that. Do you want to do plugs and then move into show questions? Yeah, let's do plugs. Yes. Yeah, so a few things nice for you guys this week. Make. Yeah, we got a few announcements. So um, first stuff, uh, thank you everybody for being with us for the 59th episode of Stat Check. Uh, we really appreciate you guys all being here. Uh, if you're not watching the show live, you can do that at youtube.com slash c 11 p.m. every UK, every 11 p.m. UK time, 6 p.m. EST every Tuesday. We're live doing this. Clearly, you guys are enjoying it because you keep coming back, uh, which we really appreciate. If you're in a position to, we'd love if you could check out the Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash StatCheck, where you can get access to basically all the stuff that we do in a slightly more um, easy format. Basically, it's just us uh, talking back and forth. If you want to interact with us, see my weird death card list before they go live, all that kind of thing, please do check that out. Uh, it's really, it's a great community and uh, we're really proud of it. A couple of other things, our sponsors, uh, Red, Red, Red Dragon is our sort of primary merch sponsor. That's red-dragon.ca. If you're a Discord member, you get 15% off there. Otherwise, um, you can check them out for things like our dice and objective markers and all that sort of thing. Um, and Saltar Games is our Etsy store provider. They do tokens and all that sort of thing. They've just packed from a two-week hiatus, uh, so they'll be shipping and making orders again now. So if you check that out, it's just Saltar Games on Etsy. Um... Other stuff, End of the Matrix and XM1 are both variably doing shows as and when. I believe this week is End of the Matrix's turn. Um, I'm going to lose track of that very significantly, though. Uh, XM1 did a Nova show. I would expect to be back next week with Tim covering how his Nova experience went. And End of the Matrix will be doing something extra. They did just release an incredibly awesome um, piece of content on YouTube, which was uh, Pumba from Team Poland and John Lennon from Team America running through the pairings process for Poland versus USA. So if that's something at all interests you, I would highly recommend checking that out. It is one of the best pieces of 4K content I've ever watched. The back and forth between those guys and the decision making um, and what they're doing during what they're thinking about during that process was really interesting for me as somebody who's really invested in that. And I would imagine it would be really interesting to somebody who's kind of just interested in learning about that, seeing all the dynamics behind the scenes on the team, team process in one of the highest level 4K matches that's ever been played. Um... Other stuff, other stuff, other stuff. Stat-check.com slash coaching. Myself and Typhus both offer coaching through there, so please do check that out if that's something you're interested in. We're both we're both available to help you with basically anything you're looking for. Okay, whether you're a beginner, whether you are a tournament veteran looking to get better, whether you're learning to whether you're wanting to learn Death Guard or Sisters. Typhus has been looking at some really janky sisters list right now that I think are super cool and very interesting. Um, we're both super, we're both available and happy to help. Uh, so please do check that out. Stat-check.com stat-check.com slash coaching. I will never get the dash in that place in the right place. Uh, it's a, for some reason, a tongue twister for me. Lastly, if you are going to be at the Cali Cup uh, or near the Cali Cup, which is on the 4th and 5th. Oh, I'm going to look this up because I really should have read this down. It's like the um, first weekend of November. Yeah, but I'm going to look it up properly because otherwise I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to do it badly. So we are, <laughs> we as StatCheck are going to be at the California Cup which is CaliforniaCup4k.com from the 3rd to the 5th of November, which is in San Diego, California at somewhere 5035 Shawline Street. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but that's where we're going to be. 
on the Thursday night before the event, Anthony and I are going to be running a masterclass workshop for intermediate level and beginner level. We'll be doing two classes. Uh, we're still working out the full details, but that'll all be going live. Um, so we're going to be working with the Xenos Betting Zoo guys to provide that. So it will be a live workshop for anybody who is at the tournament, anybody who's in the area. If that's, and we're going to hopefully try and record it, which we might be able to release as like a, like a paid online thing down the line at some point. That's the goal. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing that, which means, and we're also 99% confident bringing Jeremy and Nathan out to come and do coverage at that event where they'll be running a stats desk on the main, on the Xenos Betting Zoo stream for that event. So if you're going to be there and that's something that interests you, please do check it out. If you're going to be in the area and that's something that interests you on the Thursday night before the event, so that should be November the 2nd, uh, we're going to be in San Diego. And if you are there at the event, come say hi, come see us at the stream. We'd love to meet you. Uh, if you're a Static fan, if you just heard of us. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got on that one. I don't think I have any other plugs. I don't think I've missed anything. And we're going to go on with the so. show questions. Awesome. It's, so I've got really more, it's like 20 degrees in the UK. So I'm genuinely just like dying a little bit constantly at the moment. So <laughs> it it was uh, like 95 degrees Fahrenheit here, which is something in non-freedom units. It's like 70 degrees here right now at like midnight. And I'm like, it doesn't normally get up to like, you know, my, my comfortable range of temperature is like, and no, nothing above like 45 Fahrenheit is comfortable for me. So it's 30 it was 35 celsius today here in here in this in chicago no 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 and that's not okay i am dying yeah. at it being like 20 celsius here. it is currently 31 celsius and it feels like 42 because of the humidity yeah i don't I'm even know what at midnight is. and i'm sweating and i don't yeah like, I, it. like i'm dripping in sweat right now because i had to turn off the air conditioners because i didn't want to have to edit it out <laughs> and it's how are you going to survive california because it'll be november it will be November, so it'll be a nice, chill 24 Celsius. November and alcohol is the plan. I, I can do, the thing is, though, I can deal with it when I'm abroad. I live in Scotland. I live further north than Jeremy does, and it's I don't like this. You also have a warmer climate than me, but yes. I know I do, do not like it's this. Still, it's still, no. No, this is, this is holiday weather. I'm, like, dying. All right. I'm going to start right. us in on questions while Innis melts along with Jeremy, because apparently... Innis is always going to melt. It's nothing to do with the temperature. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Logan in Discord asks, how ready are you to be disappointed by the balanced data slate? 12 out of 10. I genuinely, I'm just assuming that the change that affects nothing and that I still have to plan for Eldar. And anything less than that, I will be more than happy with. Um, all I really want is the ability to rock up to a game against Eldar and know that if I'm better than my opponent, I can win the game. I don't care if they're as good as me. If they're as good as me and I can try and scan them, that's fine. But I want to know that if I'm a better player and I show up to the table, that I should win that game, assuming I've built an army that plays 40k. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. That's all I really want. I remain cautiously optimistic, as I mentioned before. Like, there's always the possibility that everything kind of goes, you know, terrible. Um, and we all go play Age of Sigmar instead or something. I don't know. Maybe we turn into a Starfield podcast for like a couple weeks while we all take a break from the real world. Of and this doesn't really play video games, so that's not an I know. We'll just turn yeah. into a Marvel Snap podcast where Innis talks about Marvel that. Snap. There's, there's like not that much content to that game. I would struggle. Um, and then the second question that Logan asks is, is the Swarm Detachment viable enough to use in singles or will it be more of a team detachment? I'll let you know. I'm definitely going to test it. I think it has legs for 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 teams. It's going like to have many hundreds, hundreds of, of legs. <laughs> <laughs> At least what's they each have six, right? So twelve hundred limbs. Legs. But I would call that I, four, I would call that two they, legs. They run on 
four, so I guess supposed to be like hundred, eight hundred legs. Yeah, let's call it eight. Uh, Look, I don't want I, enough gargoyles to play that list right now because the gargoyles are the the, the money maker. But I'm definitely going to try <laughs> some version of it. I am oh. the reason I will not be playing that in tournaments at all is because I'm not up basing 200 termagants. Just get the rings. Yes. Yeah, but the yeah. rings are like 50p per. And I'm going to need like 100 pound worth of rings, and on it, I don't want to do that. Fun, fun in this is I'm going to play a horde at a G, at a GT. Of... I'm more likely to do that than play Voltan. Let's go with that. I mean, I'm excited to actually play, paint the 200 Termagants that I think I've got between Termagants and Armagants. I'm excited would, to paint them and I'm have it be I'm going to buy useful. 200 of the new ones eventually, right? I'm annoyed that they brought out the fucking extra sprue that I now need to buy as well, so I'm going to need to, like, source some of those online. Let's be honest. But... To preserve Clocky, we're never going to fire the special weapon. <laughs> yeah, but one of them gives the squad of salt. Oh, which is actually really important. One of them is, like, Sorry. a dev wounds torrent flamer. So it's like... Oh, fuck's sake it's one per ten at least so you only need to make like two yeah i only need to buy like 30 of the kits yeah cool thanks yeah. or you know go on ebay and buy just that one thing that's what i'm going to do but i don't want to have to do that that's the point i'm making here <laughs> uh so john uh, from discord asks with how strong and not dominant elder have been do you think that playing them has helped improve people's competitive records without improving their player skill or decision making, like say the end of ninth's meta with Dark yes, Angels or 100%. Iron Hands? There are a I'm lot sure of people we... who did not win anything who are winning lots of things now. And I'm sure they've gotten a little bit better at 40k because they are playing against better players, but it is not but it's purely off the back of Eldar. Uh, I would expect to see a lot of people suddenly start losing a lot more once Eldar change. Not everybody, mm -hmm. but a lot of people. I mean, we saw it with Iron Hands and Eighth. Like, it lifted up, like, a bunch of people who traditionally didn't do very well at tournaments. I'm sure Eldar are doing much the same thing. The present company included. What? Um, I mean, that was Drew Kari. Thick City lifted me real high for that one GT where that I won. He got you this podcast. Yes, it did. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, what do you think of Orc players that yell wah? Fuck them. They are the worst human beings on the planet. <laughs> And I think all of ban them him, ban him from tournaments for life. Oh my god! Wow, we got real violent there. Um, I I had to sit through way too many tournaments when the the wall was first introduced. Uh, where yeah, it's genuinely the worst thing they ever did was making that an ability you can use instead of just like an aura from a character. Mm -hmm. uh, You're right. My least favorite thing in all the thing. Probably Same. my worst experience with that was playing on a stream game and an enclosed room that was about two feet larger than the table was and my opponent going first and screaming it at the top of his lungs and then tabling me because it was <laughs> that orcs <laughs> and i was just sitting there with my ears ringing going i know what's happening and i can't do anything about it <laughs> i can't even see or hear what's going on because he's tabling <laughs> uh John, a different John this time. That one guy, John, uh, says, how quickly will Australia's Eric Lutheris break the swarm detachment for Nids? I assume he has already, and he just hasn't Eric told Eric will us. break it for exactly Eric and nobody else on the planet, so That's don't worry true. about it. Uh, Typhus asks, where's the nearest weather spoons to LGT so we can do the awful idea of getting stuff <sighs> ordered by trolls online? We're going to need to travel for a spoons, but we can make it happen. I mean, Are like, I generally... in our Discord? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Let's We've done do that it. before. <laughs> it was only slightly scuffed. Anthony I and will... I were drinking in Edinburgh on uh, other people's diamond. It was great. I will definitely send you at least one drink. 
from the United States. Definitely at least one. What about a bowl of peas? I'll do that. A I'll nice, send you a bowl a nice, of mushy a nice peas. Glass of, a nice glass of pilk. I'll do that Ugh. too. I'll send you both. Um, it's funny because I know they're talking about you. I like but that shit. <laughs> pilk? Oh my god. Uh, Will asks, how are GW going to fuck up bringing up poor performing factions? I let's mean, not. To, let's not. Death Guard <laughs> are going to get 75% point stops across the board. Mortarian's going to toughness at 20. Um, I think every unit's this... getting a plus three to their feel no pain. So no. base four up and everything. Minus Minus two up. You did too um, well this weekend. That's all been removed. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, the characters are all like, Everybody's going to blame Innis when they don't get buffs on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Every single character in the in the Death Guard uh, in, uh, index is now uh, an epic hero. Oh, <laughs> no more activation locking. <laughs> you're all you're all wrong. This is really why I did it. I want to sell my Death Guard army. So I want it to be great for like a week. <laughs> you won't uh, sell your Death Guard army. No, I like it too much, which Luke is really G. problematic asks do you think any of the weaker nids detachments have potential to be counters to potential post late top armies and either teams are just off meta picks i assume that they mean like the two that people have been talking about it's the weaker ones are the harvester and the crusher stampede detachment i think harvester is better than people are giving it credit for um the regeneration is cool i just mm -hmm. need to like actually see it written out of how it exactly works because i have a really poor grasp on it right now yeah, I need to see the codex on Saturday when I pick it up from my local store. Because <laughs> it's it does seem like Necrons in Necron regeneration in Tyranids probably could be good. It's just mm -hmm. like it really depends on how well you can keep those harvester units safe to keep that regeneration going. Yeah, for yes. sure. Like that's what I said. I need to like really see like what you need to see it on the table would... and be like, can I feasibly put this thing here so that this then grows out properly so that I can actually keep things? But yeah, yeah exactly. Adam Camilleri like... points out in chat, harvester is legit good, but going to take some mastery to go the distance. And I yeah. think that's and I where we're sitting. Think it might just be less raw powerful than uh, Nexus and Invasion. Like Invasion definitely is all of the uh, all the tricks that I want, Jeez, and, and it's where people. I want to start. Invasion instead of Vanguard. Uh, Vanguard Invasion is what it's called, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I oh, it's the Vanguard invasion invasion. It's called the, Sorry, it's the Vanguard Onslaught Detachment. That key, the, <laughs> the units have the Vanguard Invasion keyword. Yeah, not the Invasion <laughs> Fleet. Which... That was what I was thinking about. Invasion Fleet. I was like, that's just the one we've got <laughs> now. And the Vanguard Invasion um, Units. So, like, me, the Lictor Detachment. Meanwhile, is the one that is I'm actually just Straight legitimately language. terrible, and you shouldn't play it. Um, if I... If Admech end up being the best army in the game, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, because they're not vehicles. <laughs> no, because you get to proc your plus one to hit on everything army-wide turn one. Oh, there you go. That's right. I forget about Rad sometimes. Uh, Richard Kilpatrick. <laughs> so GW. I know. Which Tyranid data she got the biggest glow up from the new detachments? Rippers. Yeah. Definitely Rippers. Yeah, which is the funniest thing. Because you can take one of them. Yep. They, well, they sell them they in just... ones, buddy. Well, it's because they come in ones in Leviathan. They come in ones in just the terminal Although, as well. I definitely yeah, prefer the the Forge World model of that, where it actually looks like an a swarm of them. Well, I have six but... of those, so that's fine. I'm just gonna steal them back on the shelf. Anthony's poor Tyrannifex. Uh, yeah, yeah Tyrannifex poor Tyrannifex is. Yeah. I bought Tyrannifex just to uh, mm -hmm. just to be upset with myself. Um, as far as like actual <laughs> units, Gathleeper kind of didn't really see much of a glow up, but he is bigger and cooler now. Um, He's got plus one save. He's a three-up save now. Yeah. Right. Here's a question that I have. Um, 
Um, Valentin's pointing out I think the, 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 hive, the flying hive tyrant is probably flying hive tyrant and the wing turret prime are the two that I'm the most interested in looking at with the changes though. Because they have Vanguard, right? The yeah, Vanguard. Just the Vanguard, the Vanguard onslaught keyword opens up a ton of different dimension because the the base turret book only has one source of access to advancing charge, and that's Formigants. And now having a ton more means that there's a bunch of new ways to play that codex that we just don't have right now that we'll need to get used to. I will say that the Neurolictor and Adam Camilleri brought this up is probably the, one of the coolest new data sheets in that book, just because yeah, it's sixty damn it's points. Not a, it's not a glow up. The Neurolictor is not great. a glow it does up. It's just no damage, but it's cool. It does nothing except score points. Yep, and I and like scoring points. So every now and then it'll probably pop that plus one to wound on something near it or whatever, you know, for fun. Yeah, I mean the fact that you can just like sit and cover. Uh, the fact that you can just sit and cover an objective like behind a wall and you're like if you walk on this there's a chance you battle shock is nice like it's not mm -hmm. you know it's annoying it's maybe a little it's like obnoxious it's great i can run two of them so you know um. vanguard has a stratagem where lone operatives can be not shot outside six inches as well right that's yeah, the strategy for that one okay yeah okay. you can give any any of them lone op as well and i wasn't on i think when or we've seen previewed the emissary stuff. The emissary seems cool. Yeah. We've not really talked about the specific news. I'm going to wait until I've, I'm going to get like five games in with it between Friday and Saturday, Friday and Sunday this week. So I'm kind of going to avoid holding putting too much into it until I've got a chance to get some games with it. But I'm really excited for the book. I'm definitely on the edge of being like, I'm happy with taking this LGT and it's going to depend a lot on the slate, obviously. But I could see yeah. myself being very happy with this guys going forward. So I'm so excited to paint Tyranids. So excited. Me too, I'm... but I really need to figure out how to varnish models because I've never done it before and it's really bugging me because all my turret models keep rubbing off the carapace. So I'm going to try and figure that out before I like kill myself over playing Neds. The only thing I'm sad about is that my metal biovores, I need to put them on an 80 millimeter base because the new biovores are on 80s. <laughs> and so and I need to sell how, how dumb they look. I'm just going to look at my opponent and be like, look, yes, they're derpy. Which I have a... version of metal biovores do you have? Do you have like the, the modern one or the pre-modern ones? The ones that looks like it's throwing uh, sport mines. No, no. So, like, are they the like the really tiny ones or the really, really tiny ones? Because there's, uh, there's like the current metal biovores, the ones that they stopped selling like you know like a year ago because they ran out of stock, or the ones from before that. Let me see. I need to. Uh, oh, man, because I have the I ones from before, know. the ones that are the current ones, and they are like the size of my thumb. And I've been getting away with it for they a look while, and I'm inclined to think I'm not going to get to do that anymore. But they look real dumb on sixty on the sixty millimeter bases or whatever they're on right now. Okay, then they you have real the dumb on ones, them. Not, not the current ones, because yeah. the current ones look fine on 60s. But yeah, I do okay, want to find some of the really old like, than talking about pictures that nobody can see. Never. Um, uh, well, like the ones that look like orc models. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah, so where are we? Where are Martin? Butcher's name Martin. like that. Jesus. No, Martin. Martin! Should I apply for Dutch teams with their new charter? What is the new charter? Yeah, we'd have to get details about what the new charter is. Um, so this is a question we can't answer. Come That's back to all. that question in a minute. I'm going to go look it up. Cool. Um, no, you shouldn't because uh, Rude, is, Rude is on that team and Rude is terrible. So Rude is amazing. He Rude has the best pirate. training. He has the best training process that I love so much. I uh, actually he, don't, he, I don't like it at all, but that's fine. I know you don't, but I think it's amusing. Uh, it's Dan amusing, F but it's not how I would like it. Yeah, I didn't say it was good. I just like it. <laughs> Dan F says the over under on lower factions actually receiving buffs from the slate. I think like it's likely that they've said it on the Facebook page. Yeah. They even said Votan are getting like more firepower and something else out of it. What that yeah. means, we don't know. 
I'm really hoping they don't buff my Votan and my Death Guard enough. And like, I have Votan, Admech, and Death Guard and Grey Knights all sat in the garage, and I really can't deal with all of them <laughs> being good because I do not, frankly, cannot afford to update all of them and turn at the same time. Like, it's just not on the cards. So I would like it if at least a couple of them could stay unplayable just for my sanity. Yeah, I was looking at Oliver Johnson's list from this past weekend where he went six and two with current Votan, and I was like, hmm, if you get like 15 to 20% point drops and all that, this could actually be really fun. Jordan T asks, what are your predictions for co- for Space Marine Codex detachments? I mean, they've already said there'll be an Iron I think he means like what the content of them is, right? Oh, than... yeah. I mean, Iron Hand's gun, Ultramarine's mixed disciplines. Iron Hand's is vehicles, not gun, right? But Sure. What is Imperial Fist then? Anti-vehicle? Yeah. Uh, I already spent Bolters. Like Bolter stuff, right? But... Yeah. I don't uh, know. It's hard. It's hard to tell because so much. So many of the factions have like weird different factions, obviously, and there's a lot of different ways you can take like a bike detachment. Like, do you do make bikes faster? Do you make them more resilient? Do you do pregame move? Do you do um, jink saves? Right. Like, there's loads of ways you can approach it, and it's really hard to be uh, very specific with what each one will be. Yeah, and they've also shown, and this is something that I found very interesting, is that they can buff specific units within the codex only but do it differently across different detachments like they've done with the Tyranid book. So they could do a very similar yeah, approach where things. you can be like these <laughs> Imperial Fist anti-building the true powerhouses of 10. Yes, thank you, Adam Camilleri, for that uh, that lovely insight. Oh, yeah, they need it. They can turn ruins off. There you go. Ooh. They could just remove yeah. all, ruins. All, from the table. all uh, Imperial Fist units have powering <laughs> when attacking vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> No, they just pretend that obscuring doesn't exist. They ignore the obscuring rule. There is no obscuring rule. It's a I, ruins rule the, now. I know the ruins rule. They just ignore it. All Imperial Fist units have line of sight to you at all times. Yes. It's like the rule that I always think Angron should have. The Angron is always eligible to declare a charge. Uh, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eric asks, if you had to guess one army, do you think David Gillard will be playing after the balance slate? <laughs> These are getting crazy. I think it doesn't have backpacks. Yeah, so. <laughs> Poor David. You got there before. I'm pretty sure that like David is not going to see the end of this for like no, a solid six months. Um, I mean, he'll win an event and then we'll forget about it. No, we yes. won't. I'm never letting you. Oh well, no, because we're going to make sure that we hand him a trophy that has a backpack on it. I think I'm just. It's we're just, gonna just make sure that everybody allergy gives him a backpack, like just oh from gosh. a random faction. Just give him backpacks. Just show up to him. Just give him a backpack. I think this is yours. We'll see if we can get enough for all your death watch. Um, Poor David. Absolutely I would man. Yes, that David would be playing. Based on what's good right now, I would probably say either Terrence or Thousand Sons. I would say Thousand Sons. He's got a lot of history with. Thousand Sons seems kind of in the cards, depending on if they get nerfs or catch any hands from the balance data slate, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're both uh, fairly uh, in his wheelhouse. So Ben McJurick, I assume. Although his his avatar is so confusing in our Discord. His avatar is like Ga- him as Gaskull, but it's Autark Ben next to uh, it. I changed it. He was Warboss Ben. I changed it <laughs> oh, to Autark Ben. I see. I was so confused by that. What is your next tattoo idea or concept, if not sure? Well, um, I lost a bet, so I have to get the Team America tattoo. But <laughs> that's not allowed to be the first one that I get for my wife. So it's probably oh. going to be a uh, caricature of our cats. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. And then Team America in as discreet a spot as possible. And then there's Forever. plenty of options for that. Yeah. Just get it on get it on an ass cheek and then you just have America's ass. Congratulations. Yeah, I can sit on America every single day. 
There you go. Um, I watched so many people took out the dip on that tattoo. That <laughs> it was easy. It was easier to convince people to do it than you thought. Like you literally just had to call them basically cowards, and they went and did it. Well, for but me, like, it was more that I guys. I need. To, <laughs> it's okay to be a coward when the bet is like so stacked against you. <laughs> My bet was more reasonable, and then we yeah, threw... you 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 bet on Francois, which was just a mistake. Uh, I bet on death. Was the mistake you, yeah. you, bet on, you bet on them through Francois, and that was the dangerous bet. <laughs> <laughs> my hardest pitched about the amount of lines in the current logo two and a half hours for oh my gosh, uh, 45 <laughs> minutes for Scotland. God this, damn it, I didn't need this, to hear that, Ben. <laughs> this, though, is the best one. Oh, oh, Nas. Nas already no. couldn't get into heaven. Let's be honest. I've seen the way right. he acts at tournaments. But he plays it is, so are you going to get a tattoo? If you were going to get a tattoo, what would I it be? Don't have any tattoos at the moment. I would probably get. Uh, I have like a wooden um, like sign cut out of the Jinsukot logo that I would probably get at some point. Uh, I would definitely at some point probably get an updated version of the Team Scotland logo that's a little more high fidelity. Um, ben, your tulip is you know a little low, low res. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I would consider. I, I've always said that if we if we top three again, I'll get whatever army I play as the logo or their logo on me because I'm I'm not getting the uh, Iron Warriors one on me, which is what I did it the last time with. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna get a spore mine tattoo because apparently that's gonna continue to carry the faction through tenth edition. <laughs> I've just decided. I could probably I a... get a flyer tattoo or a if I was gonna get anything, it would be a flyer tattoo or a desolation marine tattoo because those are the two things that have directly contributed the most to my 40k career. But I don't think either of those are really what I'm looking for. Well, I know what you gotta I get just... you gotta get a tattoo of a desolation marine overwatching a solitaire. <laughs> 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 doesn't deserve that i don't know otherwise if i wanted to do the only thing that carried me to victory it would be a freaking like talos tattoo basically which would be really cool but we'll think or homunculus or homunculus or just drazar's claves i suppose that works too that would look cool and get the fight club logo <laughs> yeah no i'm not doing that <laughs> um i would be tempted to get a stat check logo with all of you guys i suppose that would be fine we could do that as your first tattoo jeremy just the stat check logo no, it's gonna be cats. the cats. I know it's the cats, but we could. Um, I'm gonna skip Zane's question because it's not a question. Um, that's usually a good, a good idea. Yeah, if it's not a question, we're not gonna answer the question. I mean, technically, it has lots of question marks, but it it's is not a question. question. Yeah, Jeff asks, <laughs> aspiring forklift champion is my favorite extra bit for somebody's <laughs> name in Discord. Is the trend of shooting getting better than melee that we have seen since 8th edition indicative of a moral deficiency afflicting the JOW's rules team? <laughs> what a goddamn ridiculous question, and I love it. Um, um, yes, I think it is. <laughs> Probably. We'll Combat see. Is Look, the the shooting thing. phase and its consequences are the worst thing of for <laughs> We really should just all be playing fantasy where melee is just 90% of it. Look, man, this podcast is just waiting for old worlds at this point, right? No, no, it's not. <laughs> well, I am. You guys can do whatever you want. We're just going to add another show, and that can be the Old World show. If anybody wants to be my Old World podcast co-host, you have to love High Elves and Hate Dwarves, okay? Uh... <laughs> can they like other factions other than High Elves? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. As long as you like they High Elves like me and hate you hate dwarves. dwarves like me, that's fine. But... Wouldn't it be better to have like a foil, someone who has the opposite? 
No, I don't want to argue with somebody constantly about how beards about how that is ninety percent. That is ninety percent of our current podcast, Ines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like elves in fantasy. <laughs> That's a grudgeon. Thanks, Chris. That's a grudgeon. Um, I don't so yeah, anyway, we're, accept, we're accepting any... applications. Uh, the second old world comes out. I don't think we have any questions in YouTube chat. You have exactly thirty seconds to get those in before we close out shop. Adam Hammerkammer um, is a high elf stand. All I'm saying is, if you want to make the podcast of the world dragon, I'm in. Uh, Hadar is asking what the Patreon level is to change your Discord name. You should be able to do that if you are just a generic Patreon. Yeah, member. I mean, we might change it back if you change it to something that sucks, but we reserve yeah. the right. Um, Anthony or asks, is Dark Elves okay for the impending Old World show, uh, Old World podcast show? No, but it's not not okay. Like I, I would, it's better than doing a dwarf available, stand. Yeah. If April 1st is on a Tuesday, we should just make an old world episode. <laughs> when can we say Nathan, they see Nathan's face again? Never. All you will ever see is his hand. I mean, it depends. If you guys give me more money for seeing my face than you do for seeing my cat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, as soon I'm as the meta is better. <laughs> as soon as the meta is better, I will stop doing emotional support cat. I promise. So um, all, you know, all I'm hearing is if it sucks, it's because GW wants to keep seeing your cat. I mean, look, if GW wants to send me a message about how the cat makes them happy and they want to keep seeing cat, I'm fine with that. So um, mark it on your calendars. Yeah. April 1st, 2025 is a Tuesday. We might just world have podcast. Old we might have we a might, world, we world, world show by then. Um, <laughs> Nathan was never seen again. Uh, sometimes it does feel that way. Uh, my promise. <laughs> oh. I love you too, buddy. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's all I got for questions. Nothing in YouTube chat. You're all just stuck with us for another five minutes while I wax philosophic. No, we're not. Innis, carry us out. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us for this pre-balanced data slate waiting room and the Death Guard uh, memorial show because I unless the things like incredible, I'm never touching them again uh, until 11th edition where I will come out and win one exactly one it was do exactly well exactly one tournament with them again and then retire them for another edition thank you so much for being here please do remember to check out youtube.com slash c slash stat check patreon.com slash stat check coaching at stat com is the email for getting in touch with us about coaching things out of the matrix and xmon are both live on our youtube show on Tuesdays at, on Thursdays and Wednesdays on alternating weeks and we'll be, catch you at 5 p.m. UK time on Thursday for what we hope is a post-balance data slate world review. I'm going to have about 90 minutes to do that. So I have about three minutes to prepare for it, probably. So if that sounds like something that interests you, we'll hopefully have that out on all the platforms at some point as well. But otherwise, Nathan, take us out. Wait. Calico. Why? Oh, and Cali oh, Calico. Yeah, if you're going to be a Cali Club, please do remember to check out that thing. All the details for that should be in the show notes, and we'll have the proper full announcement with like all the stuff go up on like social media and stuff like that. We'll probably make a little YouTube short for it as well uh, as of the second that that's live. There will be some Eventbrite links and stuff like that for tickets yep. and things. On that note, everyone have a wonderful week. Bye bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.com.